This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome back to the Agenda Podcast here on the Blood Red Channel. I'm your host, Edward Kay, and I'm joined by Liverpool.com's very own Matt Addison. And today we are going to be delving into Liverpool's mid-season trip to Dubai for the Dubai Super Cup, where the Reds are going to be taking on, I think it's uh, Olympic Lyon, on the 11th of December and AC Milan on the 16th. But we're going to start with uh, some great news for the Reds, which is Luis Diaz is apparently ready to resume team training, uh, assuming he'll be doing that in Dubai. Uh, What a boost that's going to be for the Reds post-World Cup, Matt. Yeah, it's exactly what they needed, isn't it? We thought that it would be uh, around that time, but it seems like his his recovery is is on track. Liverpool hopeful that he can play in both of of those friendlies in, in some sort. And... We'll come on to, to the friendlies, I'm sure, but they're going to be sort of really interesting. We've we've never really had um, sort of a, a mid-season break like this. I think they'll be be fairly intense compared to, to what they are in, in the summer. Obviously, the, the players have, have played a good number of games. They're not going to have lost that much fitness and, and sharpness. It's it's kind of pre-season 2.0, but not quite in the same way. It's it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see Luis Diaz back, obviously. A few other players still to, to come back, but Liverpool, I think, have, have certainly missed him in the, the time that he's been away. He got injured, what, mid-October, I think it was, against Arsenal, wasn't it? So he's been out you know, a decent amount of time and hopefully this break has, has come at, at the right time, really. I mean, normally in December, Liverpool would have eight, nine, maybe more fixtures to, to play. The fact that he's been injured in this period is, is probably not the worst thing. He, he could have missed a lot more matches in a normal season. Obviously, Colombia didn't qualify for the World Cup anyway, so that didn't particularly matter to him. So, yeah, great to, to see that that he's back. Hopefully, the, the recovery can continue on that same course. But it does look like he's going to be back pretty much ready to go when the, the fixtures come back for Liverpool and obviously Manchester City. The first one, whether we see him there or, or not, I'm sure we'll... Uh, We'll see a lot more of them for, for the rest of the season. So, yeah, it's it, it's a big boost. And it, it, it's a number of, of things, really, that, that have to go right for Liverpool. I think for, for the season to, to go how they want it to for the rest of this year, they're going to have to get a good number of, of these boosts. But, yeah, Luis Diaz is, is the first one. And hopefully they can get a few more on, on top of that. Yeah, well, one of the big boosts for Liverpool last season, obviously, was the arrival of Luis Diaz in January. Do you think that maybe, well, hopefully it could be a little bit of deja vu for Liverpool, you know, Luis Diaz coming back in January and hitting the ground running and really being that catalyst for the side to push City all the way? Yeah, I think so. I think you, you need those those sorts of, of, of additions. Hopefully there's there's an actual transfer as well, um, rather than one that's like a new signing, as as the saying goes. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they, they fit that forward line together. Obviously, Darwin Nunez has played off that left-hand side and looked really good. Roberto Firmino's played a, a bit more in the middle. I think we'll we'll probably see Nunez still on the, the left a little bit, but obviously with Diaz back, you'd expect that that he'll be in that position for the majority of the time. But I suppose there's there's still, you know, a lot of, of games left. I think um one of uh, our Liverpool.com team worked it out that if um if Liverpool play not that they necessarily will, but if they got to the final of, of all the competitions and, and all the rest of the league games, they've got another 44 matches potentially to play before the end of, of the season. So it's it's going to be a lot of, of football. They're, they're not going to be able to, to play every single game. Luis Diaz, particularly off the back of 
a kind of medium term injury is, is not going to be able to do that. So it's good to to have those options, but it will be interesting to see kind of how they, they piece that forward line together and who plays where and, and all of that sort of thing. I think it's it's going to be really interesting to, to see what Jurgen Klopp does. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully it can be a boost. I'm sure for, for the Liverpool team to, to have a couple of these key players back, obviously, Matip was back just before the uh, the internationals kicked in, so I don't think he played the day against Southampton, but he was was in the uh, in contention for for that one. There was still you know a number of players who, who are out. Diogo Jota, who I think will come to, is is not going to be back just yet. Naby Keita, there's still a bit of a question mark over what happens with him. So there's still a few more, but Luis Diaz probably certainly one of Liverpool's best players, possibly their best player before he got injured. The fact that he comes back, I think, is is a boost for him, his teammates, the fans. It, it can only be a good thing for everyone. Yeah, you mentioned Diogo Jota there. He's obviously continuing his rehab from the injury he suffered uh, just before the season uh, ended, before the World Cup. But um, Pep Linders has said that uh, the conditions out there in Dubai are really good for recovery. So I think we were, they were looking at getting him back sometime in February. How important is it that the Reds, you know, can get, get him to stick to that injury recovery timeline and get him back ASAP? Yeah, the the start of February, I think, is is kind of what they're aiming for, and you'd like to think that that's that's possible. It's again, it, it's it's one of those where he would have missed a lot more football ordinarily. That's kind of the positive way of of looking at it. You think of, of all the games in the Christmas period and and all of that that Liverpool are not going to have to to face this time around. So it, it's one of those where it could have been worse for Liverpool, but at the same time, you, you just want to get him back. I think you know Roberto Firmino's played a lot lot more football than what anyone thought he was going to do at the start of this season. I think obviously the goal scoring has, has been good up to this point, but I think there are signs that that's going to drop off a little bit. Physically, can he play as much football as he has done for the rest of this season? I'm not too sure, particularly when you think of the injuries that he had last season. So it's just a case really of Liverpool, I think, possibly were an attacker light anyway going into this season, particularly when you think of someone like Kate Gordon, even who's probably would have played a, a fair bit of football this season, certainly would have done the, the latter part of last season, but hasn't been you know spotted for what, eight months or, or something like that now. I think he's he's been out for, for that long. There's there's not really too many options in that attack. They've obviously let Origi and Minamino go over the summer, not brought anyone in. You, you wanted really to have all five of those first choice options and then maybe one or two youngsters, Gordon and whoever else might be able to, to come in and, and play a few minutes here and there. So, yeah, it's it's not ideal for, for him to have been out. I think, like I say, Roberto Firmino's had to, to play a lot more football. You don't want to put too much pressure on Luis Diaz, Darwin Nunez, again, still adapting and trying to work out what his best role is. You basically just want as many of, of those forward options available as possible. And I think we'll see better versions of, of each of the individuals when that's the case as well. I think you get the best out of Firmino when he doesn't have to play every single match. Luis Diaz, obviously coming off the back of an injury, doesn't want to get a recurrence of that. Diogo Jota does get these injuries though, doesn't he? He's a bit like in the, the midfield, really. It's, it's not a massive shock that Liverpool have lost a couple of key players in that area. And Jota, unfortunately, does seem to, to have these things that he missed. I think three or four months didn't he last season with was it a hamstring injury from from memories he's, he's had certain knocks and that was kind of the um the feeling at Wolves really was that he's a player that when he's fit he will score a lot of goals but he does have these periods where he's either injured or he, he goes without a goal and that's why I think Liverpool need to, to get possibly another attacker in it next well, next year not not necessarily next season be surprised if it happened in January though but uh yeah it's it, it's one of those positions really where 
Liverpool are really strong when they've got all of those options available. But how often is that going to be the case? It's it's not that dissimilar to me for for the midfield as well. But uh, yeah, good good to have Diaz back. Hopefully Diogo Jota can can get back on track as well in terms of of his season. And yeah, again, don't want to use the cliche too many times, but if Diogo Jota does come back at the start of February. That's fairly similar to like what you said before with Luis Diaz. They signed him at the end of January last season. We saw the impact that he can make and hopefully Jota can have a, a similar impact when he's back. Yeah, you mentioned there um, Nunes obviously still adapting to the Premier League, but one player we're not really going to have to worry about that with is Mohamed Salah, of course. Egypt not present at the World Cup after they lost that crucial game against Senegal, uh, who will be taking on England later today. Um, but... I mean, Mohamed Salah, he's just going to be raring to go after this World Cup, isn't he, Matt? Yeah, I think it's that's one of the most exciting parts of, of this break, I think, for me. We've seen in the past when Salah's had you know a proper rest and a proper break and he's been able to, to reset, he's been able to, to then come back in and, and really go for it. I think that's what we saw at the start of last season, which is you know the, the best that he has ever played, the, the best player in the world for me at the time by, by some distance was just absolutely incredible and it's no coincidence really that that came off the back of the longest pre-season and, and summer that Liverpool have had the the best sort of preparation time going into that season obviously then plays a lot of football gets a couple of setbacks in terms of like you say the, the playoff for, for the World Cup AFCON the, the back end of last season didn't particularly help then of course the, the summer really really short didn't really have too much to uh, to celebrate obviously the, the new contract at that time was was a boost but it doesn't really help in terms of that mental and, and physical fatigue, which I think is is just inevitable when you play that many games and the season doesn't quite end in the way that you thought it was going to. You've then pretty much, you know, almost a month after the Champions League final, you're back in and and starting the, the new season again really, really early. I just think this is is one of those periods, really. It's it's a massive, massive thing for, for Liverpool. You can look at some of the other teams that you know, Manchester City, I think, had 16 players at the World Cup. And even though Kevin De Bruyne and Ilkay Gundogan have, have come back earlier than what they would have been anticipating for, for their countries, I think, you know, it's it's a massive advantage that Liverpool had very few players. And there's no one no one more important, I don't think, than Mohamed Salah for, for having that break. I really do think that the second half of this season rested really will be driven to, to go and, and kick on and, and put right the, the sort of difficulties that Liverpool have had at the start of this season. Luis Diaz coming back, Diogo Jota is going to be fresh when he comes back from injury. There's a lot of, of players really that, that could really kick on. But yeah, Salah feels like the one to me that he's really going to have the bit between his teeth for, for the second part of this season. And if he can put together a run like he did, maybe not quite to the same levels of the start of, of last season, because that would be you know, incredible to, to do that again. Wouldn't put it past him, but you know, even if he can sort of get to to eighty, ninety percent of of that level, I think Liverpool have got you know a, a pretty solid chance of of getting through in in all of the cup competitions. They've got a really good chance of getting into the top four, and ultimately, if they finish fourth and get maybe a trophy or, or possibly two in the cabinet, then that be you know, be a fantastic season from this point. The agenda on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, as you say, that's it's definitely going to be proved to be an advantage. I think um, Liverpool having so few players at the World Cup compared to some of the other top six teams. But obviously, I think it was seven players at the World Cup. Seven has now become six with uh, Uruguay going out. Um, Darwin Nunes is expected to join up with the squad. Obviously, there's fairly easy transport links, as you mentioned, from uh, Qatar to Dubai. 
Um, obviously, with with the the large break he's going to be getting now, when he first came in, there was a lot of grumbling at the start. Obviously, he'd headbutted Wacky Anderson, which wasn't the, the cleverest start, and uh, sort of hampered him, sort of hitting the ground running really when he arrived from Benfica. But do you do you think this is sort of like another shot at sort of a new beginning, a chance to come back from that World Cup and really really get amongst the goals for him? Yeah, I think he's another one that's going to benefit really from just having that rest and, and the recovery time. I think if Liverpool could have picked one of the players at the World Cup to come back early, obviously it's not nice for him and it's not nice for, for his country, but I think they probably would have gone with Darwin Nunez. I think he's the one that needs the most time on the training pitch with his teammates. And you think of you know, Diaz and Salah both being there, if, if those three can have some proper time on the training field together, they can sort of work on those things. He can continue to get to know his teammates. I think... You know, it's, it shouldn't be forgotten how difficult it is for, for someone of that age. I know there was a few stories around him potentially sort of being homesick and, and not particularly adapting well early doors to, to being at Liverpool and maybe feeling the pressure, which I think would be understandable in terms of the, the price tag that he comes in at. It didn't quite go his way, but, you know, we've seen that the goals that he scored, the, the numbers he's put down already. You think when he learns the language, when he sort of builds on his relationships, I think we've started to, to see that, particularly with Salah. There's been, you know, a good bit of link up at, at certain times. If if he can find a bit of consistency in his overall performance, Liverpool are going to benefit massively because you, know, you, you look at the numbers, I can't quite remember how many goals and assists it is at, at this point in the season, but you know, it's it's a good number already. If we're saying that he's been maybe slightly underwhelming so far to, to have scored as many as what he has, you just think when it all clicks and it all comes together and Liverpool can really benefit from that. And that's the, the exciting thing as well, really, I think now is, is just to, to get a bit of work on the training pitch with these players you know there's there's still a couple of key players who are not going to be back I would imagine France are going to go quite far and Ibrahim Konate isn't going to be in the, the squad for Dubai and, and things like that but you think of Nunez and Salah you think of a couple of the midfielders obviously Thiago isn't there there's there's a couple of key relationships I think that Liverpool can really take the time to to learn and, and develop and particularly for someone like Nunez who's come in in the summer like we said before, it's been you know, a really tricky, tricky summer for Liverpool. Really short, didn't have the the sort of same luxuries that they had the year previously, where someone like Conate came in and, and was able to have you know ten weeks or whatever it was before the, the season started. They they just didn't have that in the summer. They're going to have that now. And, and Nunez, I think, for me, he's the the most important one, the one that can learn the most, the one that leads to to kind of kick on the most in this period. The fact that he's gone out early for for Uruguay, I think, is is a a massive advantage really for Liverpool obviously he'll be disappointed and he would have wanted to, to do a lot more there's an argument that he could have got a lot of confidence from maybe going quite far in that tournament and being a key man for his country but I think for me that's that's kind of outweighed really by the importance of being in with his Liverpool teammates I'd much rather he was training with Salah and, and Diaz rather than sort of scoring with Suarez and Fede Valverde for, for Uruguay so yeah for me it's it's worked out quite nicely for Liverpool with Nunez Obviously, the, the proof will be in, in what they do on the, the training pitch in the next few weeks and, and what kind of happens when he comes back. But to be honest, even if he just continued to, to score at the rate that he has done up to this point, that would still be OK. I think he'd still end the, the season with 20-plus goals or whatever. And by anyone's reckoning, I think that's that's good. But the exciting thing really is that there's, there's a lot more to come from him. And hopefully this trip to Dubai and, and all the rest of it before they, they play Manchester City, hopefully that can be the... Uh, the platform, I suppose, for him to kick on and, and unlock the uh, the next stage of his development. 
Yeah, you mentioned there France obviously expected to go far, so it might be a while before we see Ibrahim Kanate join back up with the squad. Uh, I'd imagine Brazil, England and the Netherlands obviously fancying themselves as well. So, I mean, arguably, it's a toss-up between Kanate and Matip, who's alongside Van Dijk, isn't it, really? But with basically four of your back five, with Alisson, Alexander-Arnold, Kanate, Van Dijk, all still not joining up with the squad, is that going to impact sort of the extent of the tactical work that can be done while they're in Dubai? I think potentially it can do. I mean, I think if, if England get past Senegal and, and France win against Poland, possibly by the time people are listening to this, they might know the outcomes of those, but they'll face each other. So at least one of those teams will will go out in the quarterfinals at the, at the latest. So that, you know, it, it is going to be a case of, of a few of these players are going to knock each other out at some point in this competition. I'm not quite sure what the, uh, the, the draw looks like on the other side of it. I think you know, Van Dijk possibly is... It, it, is not going to be in it that long. I've not been massively impressed by by Holland up to this point. I have to be honest. I think they they might struggle to to score against better teams moving forwards. But yeah, it'd be interesting to to kind of see really what the uh, the impacts are. Obviously, the defense hasn't been perfect for Liverpool this season. They would have wanted to sort of make a, a few adjustments to that. But I think that there's probably an argument, particularly with Van Dijk, that you know just being able to to kind of take a bit of time out of the, the Liverpool sphere probably isn't the worst thing. I think he played you know, a lot more football than most people would have thought last season off the back of his big injury. Obviously, it's his first major international tournament, so he'll want to be involved in in that sort of thing. And I just think for, for Liverpool that if they can get the, the, the front three sorted, they can get the midfield sorted, suddenly then the defence probably looks a lot better anyway. I think if... Um, if you had to pick a, a position in the Liverpool team where you were pretty comfortable, Alisson definitely has, has had a fantastic season up to this point. That's not going to be a massive issue. It, it wouldn't massively concern me, to be honest, in terms of, of the defence. I think if they can get that midfield right, that's the best thing that they can do. And obviously most of, of those players are going to be there. You think of, of Elliot and, and Thiago and, and a few others who can, can play in that role. Fabinho is, is obviously not in Dubai, but isn't particularly going to play a huge amount for Brazil. I'd be surprised if, if we see him again at the World Cup. That just gives him a bit extra time to, to recuperate. So I'm not massively concerned. I take your point in terms of, of having a couple of key players missing that you probably would want in an ideal world to be there. But you know, Liverpool have, have got it better, as we said before. They've got it better than most of their rivals. Even you know teams like Tottenham and Arsenal, I think you've got about 10 or 12 players at, at the World Cup or certainly did it at the start of it. So, yeah, Liverpool can't complain too much. And uh, yeah, as long as they start to get Darwin Nunez firing and Thiago can stay fit and they can get one or two bits in front of that defence sorted out, I wouldn't be massively worried, I don't think. Yeah, moving on to the matches themselves then in the Dubai Super Cup. Obviously, as I mentioned before, it's Olympic Lyon on the 11th of December and AC Milan on the 16th. A pretty decent calibre of opposition, I think we can say. Um, how seriously are you expecting Liverpool to take these games? And do you think there'll be any experiments, you know, tactics-wise? Or obviously, the lineups are going to be slightly different with people still missing. But yeah, how, how seriously are you expecting Liverpool to take these games? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like I said before, I mean, it's it's strange in that it's not like a pre-season game where they're going to be having, you know, 45 minutes each and, and that kind of thing to build up fitness. It is very much a case of, they're in peak physical condition at the moment. There's not not really any kind of question marks over over that sort of thing. So it'd be interesting. I'm not quite sure how many players, for example, Leon and, and Milan have at the World Cup and, and that sort of thing. But it is going to be you know, a fairly intense game, I would have thought. It, it's going to be games that they take seriously in terms of, 
of kind of getting back into to that rhythm. I think the most important thing really out of those games will be for the players that have just come back from injury, whether Naby Keita can be involved. Luis Diaz, you'd imagine, will play a significant part in it. Joel Matip, again, hasn't played a huge amount recently, had the injury just before. There's a, there's probably an argument that it's it's most important for, for those players. And obviously, Liverpool have more injured players than, than most teams in the first portion of, of this season. So I think that's that's going to be interesting. But it's, it's really quite hard to, to predict what these games are going to look like. There's a few mad rules as well in the uh, the Dubai Super Cup. I think every every game has a penalty shootout at the end and, and things like that. So we'll uh, we'll get to see a, a few different elements of it. But I think that the games will be a much better quality and a much better standard than what we see sort of typically when they go to the US and, and Thailand and, and that sort of thing in in the summer. But quite what they look like and quite how seriously they are and, and sort of how how competitive they are. I'm not too sure because. It's it is an unprecedented situation, isn't it? We've never seen Liverpool play in, in these sorts of fixtures before. But I think the um the fact that they've picked these couple of opponents, I think, is is good. I think that they're, they're both you know pretty decent. They've got European pedigree, they've got a lot of good quality players. They've picked deliberately, you know, fairly tricky matches, I think, to, to get them into the groove again. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it is, but in terms of quite what these matches look like, I think it's it's almost impossible to say at this point. I think we'll we'll probably have a good idea. I can't remember which way round the matches are. Is it is it Leon first and, and then Milan? I think we'll we'll have a, a pretty good idea after that Leon match what the, the Milan one is going to look like. But until then, yeah, not too sure really. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see how Liverpool approach those two games and sort of the trip as a whole. But that is all we've got time for here on the Agenda podcast today. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining me. And from myself and from Matt, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.